0: It's more the very loving and compassionate approach to ourselves that says, why do I do the things I do? And how can I give myself that love instead without compromising my actual goals?
1: I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, and today I have on not one, but two special guests I am so excited to share with you. Dr. Alex Golden, MD, and Megan Blacksmith, health health coach and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner of Zesty Ginger, work with premenopausal women in an online group format. They focus on balancing hormones and supporting detoxification by teaching women to use the phases of their menstrual cycles to their advantage. They believe the natural ebb and flow that happens to our hormones, organ systems, and bodies overall as women is there to renew and strengthen us. When we work with the natural cycles of our bodies, we allow ourselves to heal and recover on a level that few of us ever reach when we operate within the rules of the hectic modern world. Even the alternative medicine world has lost its connection to how the female body operates. Most protocols and health programs out there show no regard for the cycles that govern the flow of our bodies as women. By focusing on different activities, elixirs, foods, and rituals each week of your cycle, we can help the body to detoxify naturally. They're the founders of the PMS Project and Healthy Hormones Group, as well as hosts of the 4 Phase Cycle Podcast. To learn more, follow them on Instagram at zesty underscore ginger, where they share tips for optimizing your cycle and hormones, naturally supporting detoxification, and upgrading your food, products, and mindset. Wow. (laughs) What a resume. So as many of you listeners know, I am a bit of a hormone health nerd. Um, I dug into hormone health headfirst when I was diagnosed with PCOS three years ago, because to be honest, I didn't learn a whole lot in either of the nutrition schools I went to. Um, so I am so excited to share uh, Dr. Alex and Megan's gentle and balanced approach to hormone balance. So welcome, Dr. Alex and Megan. Thanks
0: Thank you so much for having, having us. You. Yeah.
1: So I already shared your bio, but I would love if you could just share your story about how you got interested in helping women with hormone health.
2: Sure, I can jump in. So this is Megan here speaking. Um, I like to say that I fell off the hormone cliff after I had my first child, and that's what led to my love of holistic health and nutrition and all things functional medicine because I fell into the category that many women experience where you feel really, really, really horrible and you go to your doctor and everything on your lab work says you're fine and everyone just kind of shrugs their shoulders and says, "Up, oh, you're not overweight, you must be fine, just kind of sends you on the way. and. After having experienced this when I had um, an almost one-year-old and just completely dropping off, I was having extreme fatigue. I started having anxiety and panic attacks. Um, just really couldn't – like getting up and going to my job every morning, I joked with my coworkers. I'm like, well, I could break my arm. Like what could I do – that's like not super painful, but I could get out of work for a while. I just really, really couldn't handle going. And that's when I said, okay, enough is enough. This obviously isn't normal. And I found a practitioner who runs um, functional lab work, like like the lab that we now use in our healthy hormones group. So looking at your Dutch with your hormone levels and looking at your neurotransmitters. And once I ran those functional labs, there was all sorts of things out of balance. It was really clear what was going on, which was a total relief for me at that time and that's when uh, I wanted to share this with other women because it's so painful to go through years of thinking you know it's all in your head nothing's wrong when when you feel horrible
0: yeah and I have a very similar story to Megan's except for mine is not around uh childbirth related but yeah I was a relatively normal kid um but always had really, really severe cramps and um, bad periods. And then it wasn't until I went to college and everything just sort of snowballed into badness. And I started having chronic pelvic pain that then generalized and became, you know, a whole body pain syndrome through the years. And I went from being a piano performance major to being like, I'm not getting any answers. Everyone keeps telling me I'm completely fine. There's got to be more help than this that we can provide people. And I kind of switched gears, applied to med school, did that, and I'm on my way. I'm finished residency. I'm now an anesthesiologist by training, and I'm going to continue my training to become a pain doctor for women with um, chronic pain syndromes. But, of course, a big part of that is you know, for my own struggle with endometriosis and severe hormonal imbalances and going through three failed IVF cycles. Um, there's a lot that Megan and I really believe in the fact that like, we should have learned all this stuff about our bodies back in middle school, but somehow we're in our thirties learning (laughs) about what our body does and actually how to optimize it. And like, you know, actually get a user's guide to this you know, Ferrari that we gave access to and we're all sort of pretending like it's a van. And <laughs> um, and so that has been, you know, that journey of feeling really, really disempowered to then learning how that works has been Megan's and I motivation for teaching other women how to do this because it shouldn't take, you know, each of us have like a, com- a 15-year history, so a combined 30-year history of this. And we really feel like, It shouldn't be this hard to figure out what's going on. It shouldn't feel so you know, isolated and alone and like you're a freak inside your body. And that, you know, really, this isn't the experience that we are intended to have. And so we're really passionate about empowering women to know how to deal with things for themselves and not being at the mercy of, you know, people telling you that everything's fine and you shouldn't feel the way you're feeling.
1: I love that so much. And I think, I think so many women have been in, and I I know you work with so many women who've been in such similar spaces where they're like, I have had these symptoms for years and years and everyone just tells me that it's normal. And I think as a society of women, we've come to just believe that things like super severe PMS or irregular periods or having, you know, this pain or fatigue is normal, just like you're saying. And I know that, um, you know, I part of my history is that I was diagnosed with PCOS three years ago, but, or I guess almost four years ago now, I was 26. And I had had symptoms since I was 11. And I was put on birth control as a teenager. And mostly actually, because I, I lost it because I was, um, I was going through a phase of very severe restriction and over exercise. And I, I lost my period, but it had always been irregular. And the doctor was like, Oh, this will fix it. Of course, right? If you put it on, if you, go on birth control then it fixes it so to speak but you know that it doesn't actually fix anything it just creates that breakthrough bleed but I was convinced I was fine and it wasn't until I went off of it you know what almost I guess almost 10 years later that I was like oh it didn't fix anything at all and that was where I started learning and I'm like I it was something I was actually gonna you know talk to you about later but the fact that I didn't even know until I was you know, 26 or 27 years old, that there was more than one phase of (laughs) the female cycle. So can you share why you focus on the different phases um, and what the phases of the female cycle are?
0: Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, there there's I have so much to say about that because it's a little ridiculous that for women we have like one answer to a million different problems. Right. So it's like birth control or bust. And then, yeah, that whole experience of what our society is telling us about So we all have a 24-hour clock, right? So we have circadian rhythms. And so a lot of our world um, is based on this male physiology where they have the 24-hour rhythm. And then that's why we all, for the most part, feel like we should be you know, equally productive every single day and we should have control over that experience but what we haven't really been valuing as a society too much is that there's also for women another cycle that's the month-long cycle that there are fluctuations in our physiology that set us up for success in various areas and it's all very supremely balanced and helps us live more in line with like our superpowers as women and we don't a lot of times we don't take this into account because we are still modeling off male physiology and even you know people who are out doing amazing things like Tony Robbins, who's a man, you know, his schedule and his way of doing things doesn't work for a lot of women. And that's just something that we've we've noticed. And so one thing that when we started looking deeper into female physiology, we realized that all of us have this cycle that many of us are underappreciating. So the way that we break it down is that, you know, the cycle isn't just your period, it's the entire month from, you know, the start of one cycle to the beginning of the other. And so there, when you look at female physiology, Um, A lot of times the women who work uh, on women's health or the practitioners that work on women's health, they notice that it sort of breaks itself up nicely into four categories. And a lot of us name these different things. We name ours by what is actually happening inside the body, but we're all looking at the same physiology. So um, the way that we break it up is that um, phase one starts when you get your period. And the is, we call it the release phase. And that's when it's a very introspective time. It's when the right and left hemispheres of the brain communicate very well together. And that's when we have the experience of being able to sit down, formulate a plan for our lives, and then make really conscious decisions about what is most important to us and how we're going to take action to get to where we want to go. So that one is a quieter phase. And a lot of times you'll notice people have created memes like, oh, I got my period. So of course I want to sit on the couch in my sweatpants and watch Netflix. And a certain part of that is absolutely true. Your physiology is asking you to quiet down, not only because having your period is physically taxing for the, body not taxing, but like it's a high intensity activity. And then, um, and when we get that call to slow down, that's really when we get to hone in on that super connection in our brain and come to realizations about our life. So that's phase one. And that's really um, just a quiet time for our hormones as well. Then phase two is very dynamic instead. So phase two is called the rise phase. It's when our estrogen starts rising, to tell our pituitary to release a signal that allows our ovaries to ovulate. So phase two is from, you know, about seven days from your period to ovulation. And that's when we feel really empowered. That's when it's the best time to, you know, start a new exercise regimen, start that new elimination diet or diet that you're hoping to stick to. It's when our brains are so focused on You know what do we want to do and what do we need to do to get there and a lot of us feel so much energy at this time to make that happen. Then after ovulation that's when Phase three kicks off, and phase three we call the plateau phase. That's when our hormone and our hormones get nice, nice and balanced. Hopefully, if we've ovulated and everything is going well, then our estrogen and progesterone sort of plateaus out, hence the name. And that's when we really feel um, the The best at communicating with others. It's a great time to have important conversations with the people in your life. We're just really great at taking all the stuff that's going on and expressing it to others. It's a great time to, whatever that new goal that you took on, you know, you planned in phase one, you took action in phase two, and phase three. The question is, how do I keep putting one foot in front of the other? You know, you're reacting to things going on in your life, you're making corrections. You're keeping up. So it's another very outwardly focused, action oriented phase. And then phase four is a return back to peace and calm. So, piece four is, um, we call it the pause. And that's when our hormones are starting to slow down. We're getting ready to, uh, you know, either implant a baby or have our period again. And a lot of times, this is the time when. Women tend to have PMS symptoms, but a lot of times it's because we haven't been paying attention, you know, and setting up the success of the other three phases that at this time we begin to experience these things. And when we honor the rest of our cycle, instead what phase four becomes is this really calm retrospective time where we find a balance between, you know, whatever new things that we're trying to go for? And, you know, how do we bring in real life? How do we find a balance of, you know, with things like cravings? How do we say, Yes, there's a place for chocolate and whatever in my life, but I don't need to inhale a bar of chocolate because I feel overwhelmed and stressed, right? So it's this beautiful time to find that more nuanced balance of that real life experience instead of being like, I fell off the wagon, now I'm screwed. It's more the very, you know, loving and compassionate approach to ourselves that says, why do I do the things I do and how can I give myself that love instead without compromising my actual goals? And so then when that ties it up nicely and allows us to, you know, all doing all of this work allows us to optimize that next cycle and the next cycle and the one after that. And that's when Megan and I talk about hopping on the upward spiral. Every time we find ourselves optimizing one phase, then the next phase becomes that much more successful. And you kind of hop on the up and up. So that's the deal with the phases.
1: I feel like so many women women are are having like, uh aha moments right now about like how their bodies and their brains change throughout the month. Because I think that a lot of times we are expected to be the same way to have our moods be the same to, you know, have our feelings be the same, to have our bodies feel the same throughout the month. And I think that it's so freeing to hear that, oh my gosh, this is natural. Like this is the way my body was made. My body was made to have different cycles. Each week or, you know, ish is a little bit different throughout the cycle. And I think a lot of, of what you ladies do is is help women, like you said, sort of optimize each one of these phases and work with their bodies.
0: So, right. cuz the body will it's doing this whether you know it or not or whether mm-hmm. you're utilizing the gifts that you have or not. So a lot of times, for example, let's use phase 1 when our when our brain is really super connected within itself. So really the experience that a lot of women have is overwhelm at this time because their brain is doing that work but without any instruction from your higher and your frontal you know prefrontal cortex it's going to pick things in your environment like i don't i don't like how my hair looks i don't this dress is stupid um you know why i need to clean up like why is this all cluttered why is this messy didn't i tell him to clean this up before like then our brain just goes into this thing where it's it's doing the work, but it has no direction on where you're taking it. Whereas when you take that time to really quiet and align within yourself, then that sort of work, um, you know, when you ask the right questions, your brain comes up with really brilliant answers. So then instead of nitpicking at random things that says, hmm, I have this problem, how can I work on it? And then you actually come up with a plan that's doable, reasonable, you know, realistic and actually impacts your life in a meaningful way. So it's really, you know, it's happening anyways. It's just up to us to then direct it a little bit more so it's working for us rather than against us.
1: Take so much stress away, I think from, you know, I don't know, I think the way sometimes that we feel like the way that we feel isn't the way that we should feel. But like you're saying, when you can kind of work with it rather than than against it so the woman who is like oh my gosh i'm having all these aha moments like all of a sudden now i realize that there's more than just one phase of my cycle i want to be able to start optimizing the different phases of my cycle and feeling really good throughout the month um maybe you know avoiding things like pms balancing hormones naturally where does this woman start
2: amazing question so we like to follow we like to have women go through three general steps the first is education the next is empowerment and the third is enjoyment so the very first step when you're getting started is what you just said you know i was the same i was 27 years old i'm 37 now but when i finally figured out all the things that happen in the female cycle when I read taking charge of your fertility and was just blown away, that all these things were happening when I had been taught that, you know, you just go about your day, you go about your month, it's no big deal, right? So the education piece of just even knowing that there's different things happening at different times, knowing that um, you're not crazy, knowing that these are things that all females go through and you start to understand your own cycle. So we like data. We like understand having each person really track. So that's kind of the key in the first step is tracking your own cycle. We like to have people use uh, basal body temperature, um, Go, you, use the basal body temperature and charting it to try to figure out when they ovulate because it's really key to know when you're going into the middle when you're in the very middle of your cycle so that's going to go um, switch over from one focus to another focus in the way we look at the cycle so tracking for a month and just starting or sorry, starting with one month but then usually after a few months women can kind of get a hold of what's happening they're looking for that you know point four to 0. .8 um, shift in temperature temperature, rise in temperature, which is then showing um, around ovulation is occurring. So you can then generally break your cycle up and you know what's happening. I know for me that this became really, really, um, empowering, which is the next step. And therefore then I could enjoy life a little bit more because I started to realize these things that I felt made no sense. So for people who've had health struggles, which probably many of your listeners have, and Alex and I have ourselves, you're often tracking a lot of things, trying to figure out what the heck, like I was doing so well, why all of a sudden am I down where when I thought I was doing well? So you're tracking. And what becomes really complicated and confusing with tracking is when you're not keeping in mind where you are in your cycle, because you're thinking it's out of nowhere, or you're thinking you had three good months. You know, you're just not understanding. And for me, this was just a really small example is uh, my relationship with caffeine and sugar. So I, in general, don't do all that well with caffeine. I've never in my life had a cup of coffee, which I know is crazy, but even just like black tea is a lot of caffeine for me. So Somehow, majority of the month, I will do just fine with black tea. But there's this certain period of time where all of a sudden I'm anxious, just so anxious, anxious through the roof. It's so uncomfortable being in my own body. And to me, it seemed to just come out of absolutely nowhere because I had no idea where I was in my cycle. I had no idea it could be related to that. I had no idea that there were different times of month where, you know, um, right before your period starts or in the middle of the ovulation, you have a lot of excess estrogen. Your body's detoxing that out. As it's detoxing that out, you know your liver's doing a lot of extra work. And then when you add something in like caffeine, sugar, alcohol, that kind of uh, exacerbates what your body's already doing. In traditional Chinese medicine, anxiety is linked up with liver. So we're putting a huge burden on the liver. My anxiety levels went through the roof. And once I started to track and realize exactly when that was happening, I found there were probably just a three or four day period where those things didn't work well for me. And now I am empowered to make choices. And we really don't believe in deprivation mode ever for our ladies. So sometimes I still will choose to have that caffeine during that time. But I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> and I and it's not this surprise out of nowhere. It's not this, oh my gosh, my health is falling apart. I don't know what this is. This is leading to something horrible. This is no, I made a choice. I knew what time of month it was. I know I will now probably deal with a couple hour, hours of anxious thoughts. And um, honestly, the anxious thoughts aren't quite as intense because it doesn't involve the negative spiral of what does this mean? Where is this going? what is this coming from? My health is falling apart for forever. So we've found that, um, just education, understanding where you are inside in your cycle can be really empowering. And then women can enjoy their life and make choices from that empowered space. And the same thing happens a lot of time with women are Alex mentioned when you're starting a new, um, um, diet or lifestyle or exercise or whatever it is, something you're trying to implement something new. There are great times in the month to do that. And there are horrible times in the month to do that. And I found that out the hard way too, and was just blown away by how I had somehow no willpower because I, you know, a lot of times, right. We start a program on January 1st, or we started, you know, on a very arbitrary group start date. (laughs) And, um, it might not go well. And when you go look back, you go, Oh yeah, that was right before my period. That was a horrible time to start that. So it helps you say, Oh, I that start, not think that you don't have the willpower or that you don't have the ability to do these things, but you just want to work within the optimal times of your cycle. So I think that was a long winded answer to your question. <laughs>
1: No, I love that though. It's It's... so empowering, I think, for women to learn more about their bodies. And I am right with you in that education is so powerful. And I'm, I'm big on intuitive eating. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor. So we talk all about that here on the podcast. But part of intuitive eating is learning about nutrition and pairing nutrition with what you're noticing is going on in your body and if you have no idea that you have these different phases in your cycle and like you said you're like just feeling like you're crazy you have no idea why this is happening once you can finally make that connection I know for me I've started to make that connection for a bunch of different things I've noticed I've had um, struggle with digestive problems for years and certain times of the month if I am not on top of things like my probiotic foods and, um, and, you know, my general digestive health practices, my digestion gets a little bit wonky. And it's much more empowering to understand where that's coming from and be able to work with my body. And so I love that. So a lot of my women, or, or a lot of my women, a lot of the listeners, the majority of them are women, and most of them are moms, and a lot of them are in those early stages of motherhood. So what if one of my listeners is interested in optimizing these phases of her cycle, but she still hasn't gotten her cycle back after having a baby? Does this still apply? How can she still work with this?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um there are two tracks that we generally have people follow. So anyone who has a regular cycle will follow their their own uh, time frame that their body sets. Anyone who does not have a regular cycle, whether that's because it's irregular or non-existent because they're breastfeeding or have you know, um, hypothalamic pituitary amenorrhea or any of those things, then they follow the cycle of the moon, which we got lucky or, you know, maybe we co-evolved. But the cycle of the moon is, you know, 28 and a half days ish and the female cycle is around 28. So we definitely got very lucky in that way. And so instead of the phases like how I described them the first time around, then the for the second track and the group people it goes like this so the new moon is phase one and then phase two kicks off at the first quarter moon phase three is at the full moon and then phase four is at the third quarter moon so all of it's the exact same thing except for that you follow the moon instead and so as far as action items go the very general broad goal that we're trying to go for is that during phases one and two of whatever track you're on, you're going to focus on optimizing inflammation. And then during phases three and four of whatever track you're in, we're going to focus on optimizing your detoxification functions. And that's not just your liver, but that it includes your skin, your lymphatics, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, and your colon. So all those systems working together. So that's why, you know, over the course of the month, your body is working on these things anyways What we can do is then show up and say I'm going to help my body with whatever it is doing rather than giving your body two competing goals that like, you know, it has its agenda and you have yours and you're trying to accomplish that and they are at odds with one another. This is the way to optimize what your body's already trying to do. And then we find that as women go through when they're on the moon track, a lot of times Doing this type of work will move them over into having their own cycle, in which case then you just scooch on over and start following your own cycle set by your body. So it's totally fine to move between the two, and especially during, you know, the postpartum time, a lot of times this helps move people in the right direction. The only difference that we have for Either pregnant or breastfeeding mamas is that for the detox portion. So for phases three and four, we don't have women implement new detox tools that they haven't already been implementing because we don't want to, you know, mobilize all of those toxins and have them go in the bloodstream and ultimately end up in the breast milk. But everything else, um, you know, the food, the movement goals, the lifestyle things, the mindset all still play a role so there's lots of things that pregnant and breastfeeding moms can do but we do have them modify just to make sure that everything's staying nice and safe
1: awesome so can you dig in then a little bit to like let's start with the first half of the cycle that um inflammation, that optimizing inflammation phase, what are some of your best, like maybe the first steps to optimizing inflammation, reducing inflammation, and working with your body in that way?
0: Absolutely. And we do have, we talk about this a lot over on our Instagram, which is at zesty underscore ginger. So if you want the written versions of all this, Information You can go over there. And then, of course, season one of our podcast is the entire, you know, four phases broken down very, very specifically. So right, um, right. there's lots of other places. Thank you. There's a lot of other places to find this. Um, so, you know, as we go through this, just know that this is available elsewhere. But, you know, for phases one and two and optimizing inflammation, we love things like, turmeric and ginger, uh, for example, added to our smoothies or added to soups or, you know, grated um, into food as just incorporated into whole food. Or we like alcohol-free tinctures of of both of those things Um, because we love making elixirs. So these are whole food supplements in drink forms. A lot of times we'll take water and we'll add things like turmeric and ginger tinctures to the water to hydrate and also provide this um, inflammatory control. And then other things that we add to our elixir are things like tart cherry concentrate. So tart cherry juices and concentrate is great for helping to control inflammation from like a balanced approach. So it hits up various Parts of the inflammatory cascade and helps calm things down um, in total. So, we love combining those tinctures with the concentrate to make a really yummy drink. Um, probiotics and prebiotics is a great way to um, impact our inflammatory levels. Of course, Histamine control, you know, um, high estrogen and histamine is linked and histamine is certainly related to inflammation in the body. So if that's happening, you know, um, Dr. Jess's allergy master or Dr. Ben Lynch's um Probiota, histamine x are great things to do for histamine and then things like the reason we talk about mindset so much is that stress and the stress response so going into sympathetic mode and your body is very inflammatory that then we also have to detox those inflammatory compounds so in addition to these physical factors a lot of times there's mindset and lifestyle choices that we make that create our own reality. So whether that's asking poor questions like, why does this always happen to me? I must be like stupid. I must not be worth it. Like all of those thoughts that we have, our body hears. And it interprets as the truth and so these we we don't just take the right steps and then continue berating ourselves it really comes down to then also marrying the two where yes we can impact our physiology but we also have to address some of the root cause thoughts that then cause us to act in certain ways which I'm I know that you talk about a lot with intuitive eating but all of this very much comes together so does that give you some good ideas for phases money? Yeah.
1: I loved all those tips and I, I really I really love that everything that you provide is is very simple and obviously you know and simple in a good way it's doable and obviously if women want to want to dig in further they can jump into your healthy hormones group if they're really having those um, real severe imbalances but just starting out with those simple things with simply learning how to reduce inflammation by implementing elixirs and probiotics and i am all about the mindset um I actually have um a, a funny story about the the tinctures. So, or not tinctures, sorry, elixirs. So, um I love the idea of elixirs and I'm super big on supplements from whole food forms as much as possible. Like getting as many nutrients as you can from real whole foods and only supplementing when necessary. Um and which is sometimes necessary in the case of things like, you know, probiotics and if you're not getting enough omegas and things like that. But I love the idea of the elixirs. And so I've been implementing them over the last, you know, month or so. And my five-year-old has like fully gotten into it with me. So we went to Whole Foods and we got like the tart cherry concentrate and we got um, pomegranate juice. And so at nighttime, we have our cocktail together. So not at night, like when I'm cooking dinner. So we've been making those elixirs together. And I love that it's, it's simple. And then she's learning too, where I'm teaching her a little bit about turmeric and, inflammation in our body and she's only five but she's like a future doctor she's so fascinated by all this by too so too. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> it's just so fun uh-huh. <laughs> well congrats on empowering your little woman and um that's like the but I mean that's always we always just give the biggest kudos to our moms who are like empowering their girls to already think about their body and their health and how we can actually, you know, if step one is education, we put number two as empowerment is because we want, we never want to make people dependent on us for information too. You know, we want to give information that then empowers women to take control of their own lives. And... What you put in your water, what you're using to fuel yourself, how you're choosing to think about are all ways that you empower yourself to take control of your health in a way that's so much more powerful than, like, we will never out-supplement our own brain.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: will lose that battle every time. And thank God that's the case because, really, you know, our bodies have so much wisdom to them. But, uh, and that's a whole nother tangent that we could go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so all, the, all this stuff really gets um, married together beautifully when we start living this way. Um, that's a little more constructive. Should I do the same sort of information for phases three and four? Yeah, I would love if you could kind of go a little bit more
1: into the second half of the cycle and if you can dig a little bit more into into detox. I think I think a lot of my listeners or, you know, women I talk to get a little freaked out when they hear the word detox and they think that, oh, I've got to go on like a 30-day juice cleanse or something to detox my body, but that's not the case, right? Detoxification is a systemic thing that our body is already doing, and you talk about really just supporting our body's natural detoxification. So I would love if you could share a little bit more about that.
2: Yes, we love the topic of detox because It's something that you can support really easily. It's something your body's doing every single day all the time. You know, if you're sweating, if you're peeing, if you're pooping, if you're breathing, right? So the term detox has gotten a little misconstrued into a program or something you need to force your body into really our goal is just to help the body doing what it's already doing, optimizing it for the time of the month. So we're optimizing detoxification in the second half when a lot of your hormones levels are very high. So the majority of our women who are very uncomfortable with lots of PMS have excess estrogen at this time, and we need to help them get it out of their body. As soon as they can start pulling out of the body, they feel much, much better. A lot of the symptoms will go away, the uh, PMS, the acne, the bloating, etc. So what the coolest thing is whole food source just like you said, the coolest thing that we've seen, especially since we use the Dutch test so that's the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones, we're actually looking at women's hormones le- hormone levels and the fun thing about that is um, we want again not we want to women to be empowered to do what works with our body. So we can say, this is what we've seen work most often, but you get to go do it, and then you get to retest and see how it worked. We're not the expert telling you what your body's gonna do. We're helping guide you to the, what works for most people, and then you can see if it works or not. So we've seen a lot of women who just don't wanna take supplements or don't wanna be on a bunch of different things. Cruciferous veggies alone um, have really, really shifted their estrogen metabolism because on the Dutch test, you can not only see your estrogen levels, like your estradiol, um, but also where the, bo- where the estrogen is coming out, so how it's getting um, excreted out of the body, which pathway it's being sent down. And some of the pathways are very protective. Some of the pathways are much more dan- dangerous and, and, and considered cancerous. So we can see this ratio. And just it was so cool to see one of my clients, after a few months, of just really adding cruciferous veggies. So this is the things like broccoli, cabbage cauliflower, asparagus, greens, kale, um collards, just adding a f- whole food source, broccoli sprouts actually being one of the highest um she really was able to shift all those numbers. And that was so cool to see because this is something simple. You can start, I mean, in my family, my girls are um, you know, 3 and 8 and they know that there's going to be a cruciferous veggie at Every dinner, for sure. But at most meals, even, we, you know, they'll say, okay, instead of saying, you know, where where's your fruit and veggie? There's like, where's your fruit? Where's your cruciferous veggie? So it's become a thing that that, that we focus on. Not always. And, and we don't stress about it when we don't, because. We focus on doing it as, as much as we can, That when we decide to have a crazy meal of whatever that um, doesn't have vegetables at all, it's just not a concern because we're focusing on that so often. So that's a really great whole food way to detox, which most people don't think I'm going to eat broccoli and detox, but, but that is a way to optimize that system other things in the same category and my girls also love to make elixirs so it's funny that that yours are are, yours is into that but um this is a good time to be using some of the elixirs again if you're not as long as you're not pregnant breastfeeding, like um, adding liquid chlorophyll is one of my absolute favorites. Cranberry concentrate, lemon, just half of a squeezed lemon. Those three together is my all-time favorite in a big glass of water. We do have inside of our, our program, the PMS project breaks down each of these phases one at a time, and there is an elixir for each phase. But what I've done is I've kind of just taken my favorite ingredients and mixed them together. So you don't always have to follow exactly what's suggested. It's just that certain elixirs lean a little more heavily on detox, um, which is is like the liquid chlorophyll. So uh, the other thing that we really like uh, beyond the elixirs is detox tools. So these are simple and often very cost efficient things like um, a tongue scraper. So, this little metal tongue scraper or copper, and you're literally just helping, again, you're just helping your body do what it's already doing. Every night, your body's going around and it's grabbing the excess estrogen and metabolites and the toxins and the chemicals, and it's pulling it out of your body. And one of the places that it ends up is on the tongue. If you wake up and you see that thick, Um, film on your tongue, you'll know what we're talking about. If when you're more hormonally imbalanced or if you're dealing with a cold or something, you'll see that that coating changes to be um, thicker and it'll be more of a white or yellow, whereas the ideal is a thin, clear film. So you can just, you know, physically remove it with the tongue scraper and give your body the relief from that, you know, if you're going to swallow it again, and you're just going to have to do the same thing over the next night, so you're just helping it out. So it's super simple. Uh, along the same lines is a is dry skin brushing. That's another one our ladies love because it's like a ten dollar brush, um, and it has a huge impact on your de- detox pathways, your lymphatic system. So you're helping physically move the lymphatic since it doesn't have a heart to pump it around like it like the blood does. We rely on our lymphatic system, which is the, you know, the drainage system. It's the sewage system of the body to move by our movement. And most of us Americans, including us who are in the health world, we're sitting on our butt a lot of the day. I mean, we're sitting right here for two hours doing a podcast, right? So we have to make a little bit bigger effort to move if we can, but also move the lymphatic system. That's something like the dry brush or rebounding can do. So we love those simple um, tools that people can just add into their daily routine. Ideally uh, from ovulation to their next cycle, if they want to do it all month, that's fine too. But for some people, it's really nice to have a break and know that this is when I'm going to do it. so it's not a huge pressure.
1: I find some of those practices so satisfying too. Like I love to, <laughs> Like tongue scraping is one of like the grossest and coolest things I've ever done because it is kind of gross the first couple times but then you get used to it and it becomes one of those things where it's like very refreshing in the morning to just scrape my tongue and then I brush my teeth and the same thing with dry brushing is something I've actually been doing for years. I worked for a holistic nutritionist before I even went to holistic nutrition nutrition school like about a decade ago and she taught us about dry skin brushing and this is before I really learned a lot about detox and I had a dry brush for years, and then I kind of lost it in a move, and I just started doing it again maybe a year ago. And I don't even like to shower without dry brushing because it's just so kind of like refreshing in the morning. It wakes you up, but you're also doing something really great for your body. So I think it's it's fun that you can add some of these practices in, and, and they might feel good, and you're also really supporting your body in that too.
0: Absolutely. So Another so- fun one for that is contrast showers because they're absolutely free. And they wake you up like nobody's business in the morning. So that's another, you know, that's the best part of some of this stuff is, you know, you don't have to buy a um, dry skin brush. Sometimes your lymphatics are right underneath the surface of the skin. So even taking a wet washcloth and and using it like that, you don't have to spend any money on on this stuff or very, very little. And that's why a lot of it is so cool because... You now it's something that we already have around and you know if you're taking a shower anyways a contrast shower is an amazing thing to add at the end. So a contrast shower for my listeners
1: who don't know is alternating between hot and cold right so I've I'm really good at doing that in the summertime because I find it so refreshing and it it's really hard because I live in the northeast in the wintertime to do it <laughs> but I try and it is really fun and refreshing in
0: the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. I'm coming from Chicago. It was not, although I have, um, I have fairly uh, advanced, I guess, or severe Raynaud's, which is where you don't get great blood flow to your hands and feet at times. And it's a blood vessel issue. And I've found that contrast showers, especially in the winter, a lot of times that it's like a workout for your blood vessels and that I actually have less symptoms of rain as when I do the contrast showers in the winter. And, um, one of the, it's funny how a lot of my grandma, so my family's Russian and my family or my grandma was very kind of like earthy type of vibe and, um, she, her fix for uh, rain odds was to alternate buckets of hot water and cold <laughs> water. So she would actually do this like 60 years ago, you know, she was oh, using wow. this stuff. And, and I have found it to be as true today as when she was like doing this way back forever ago. So a lot of and right now we're finding the scientific evidence behind a lot of the stuff that we've been doing for a long time as humans.
1: Isn't that so cool when tradition meets science that's and we well. can really start to see that, that evidence. I think that's, that's so cool. Yeah. So one of the last things I want to ask you ladies is that I really, I really appro- appreciate as we're chatting about the different phases of the cycle and talking about inflammation and detox and these simple things that the women can integrate, the women listening can integrate that it's a it's a really balanced approach to cycle sinking. It's not an all or nothing approach. Like you said, you don't want the women to feel deprived. You don't want them in this, you know, deprivation place because, you know, as I talk about a lot, deprivation oftentimes leads to overdoing it in whatever area because we feel so constrained. And really, I think a lot of what you share and correct me if I'm wrong, but is is really it's really awareness based. It's like learning more about your body and doing what you can and just adding things. So can you share a little bit about how you encourage women to approach cycle syncing overall without turning it into a set of rules, but really sort of adding to their to their life?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that is at the heart of our approach because you know after education and empowerment it was really enjoyment because we have to start with the goal in mind the end goal in mind which is for us to live a life where we feel happy and healthy in whatever way that looks for you and that is why all of these kind of prescribed diets and fad ideas that put people in a box a lot of times people find helpful at first and then restricting because it's something that they can either have success with or fail at and what we have really done is say there is no, you cannot fail at living at, in sync with your cycle. You can either be in alignment to your authentic self, or you're you know, either a little bit to a lot out of alignment, right? So there's absolutely no way to fail at anything And that's why it takes away a lot of the like, oh my gosh, I have to do this perfectly. I forgot one day. It's like none of that really exists in any of this. Which is why for each phase, we, for our, let's say our PMS project, and also for healthy hormones is a little bit different because there's a personalized protocol that comes for each woman. But the uh, for the PMS project, you know for each phase we break it down very simply in, you know how do we want to move during this phase? How do we want to fuel ourselves for this phase? Like Megan was saying, cruciferous veggies, you know, adding those in or nutrient density for inflammatory control. All of these. So we're giving in each category of life we're addressing the most common things that happen and supporting the body but from that standpoint what we really want is people can pick how many portions of their life they want to focus on for some people it's really better to just pick one category for each phase and just do that one thing. Some other women are ready to really dig in and go all in and do a complete overhaul because they're just that sick and tired of feeling the way that they're feeling. And so this is all a really long way to say that, yeah, when we bring in that awareness, a lot of times we allow that alignment that we feel with ourselves, that internal guidance comes out and says, you know, that's the calm whisper of your higher self telling you like hey maybe maybe food is the place to focus or you know maybe doing another 5% 10% improvement in your food won't really cause give you that much of a high return so you know maybe it's time to stop feeding the food drum and say my food is fine the way it is what's another area of my life and that way you're always leading from the inside for where you feel driven to focus your energies where you want to make the improvements and it is all driven by you and not an outside practitioner that's going to be driving your life does that make sense
1: so much sense. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I, love, I love your approach so much. And I mean that's why I wanted to have you ladies on is because I, I believe in the power of learning about our female cycles and so many women are struggling with, you know, PMS and hormone imbalances, and there really is, I think, a gentler way to go about it than going to extremes right away, right off the bat. Because oftentimes what happens is, well, we go to extremes and maybe we feel good for a couple weeks and then we just can't handle it. So I really like that, that gentle approach to, to adding things oh, and I, leading with your intuition.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We just want, um, so much of our world is telling us how we should feel, what we should do, what we should feel like we're taken care of. And quite frankly, the only thing that you're going to stick with is the things that you really truly believe are most important right? and so sometimes we don't even notice that what we want is not congruent with what we actually you know sometimes the beliefs that we find underneath aren't congruent and uh, we just need the space and the quiet to get to the point where we realize that right Mm -hmm. because it's not that hard of a thing to find but if you're not looking for it it's not going to be something that comes up for you
1: yeah totally so on that note why do you believe that every mom needs to understand this needs to understand about cycle syncing and about just becoming more educated about our our female bodies
2: Every mom needs to understand this because our children are, they're our hope. They're our hope for the next generation. They're our hope for really shifting the way um, the industry is around food, the way women are treated in the workplace, the kind of thing j- jobs and things that different people go after and just shifting this you know, shifting from a completely 24-hour male physiology dominated um, workplace to a place where there's a little more leeway for um, females. So I think, one, it's important for every mom to know this because if you are a balanced, happy, healthy, empowered, educated mom, then you are going to be operating from a place of love and support for your children. And I just think that's the best thing in the world for, you know, our, the future of our planet and everything to come, to have children who are being not being brought up in a strict fight or flight stress situation because that of course we know is passed on to them and they take that on. So for moms, whether you have girls or not, I think that's very important. But even more importantly, if you have girls, I think learning this from an early age can really help uh, women blossom into the person that they are meant to be and, and really, Use use this as a superpower, and instead of the way the commercials make it look as like, oh, this is the biggest annoying thing in the world. And actually, I remember, I remember having this twelve-year-old um, girl say to me when I was pregnant with my first daughter. She said, "Oh, she's like, I'm just so jealous." And I'm thinking, hmm, interesting comment. She's like, you know, you're not gonna have your period for nine months. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I wish it were that simple, like <laughs> creating a human inside my body. But I just thought, you know, for someone who's already 12 and, you know, maybe had like five periods or, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple years even, but to already be dreading this thing that she's looking forward to getting pregnant, just not to have her period. And that made uh, me a little bit sad about how, you know, how we're teaching our kids. So. Just overall having a more positive outlook on our cycles and using it to our advantage. Mm, I love that so much, and I,
1: I I myself hope to empower my girls. I have two little girls; they're only five and one now, but I hope to empower them to be able to tune into their body and know more about their their cycles than than I did growing up, um, or until I was well into adulthood. So. I love that. So do you have any last words of wisdom for the ladies who are listening?
2: Absolutely. We find that our biggest community interaction is on Instagram. So if you're struggling for community, because community is such a key to healing. So, you know, everybody loves to hear the supplement piece. Everybody loves to hear the detox tools, but a lot of the time, uh, the majority of a healing journey of the majority of is, um, identifying the stressors in your life. And one of them is just not having people who understand you or not having anybody you can talk to. Because I know for me, if you look around, you're like, like my neighbors seem to be just chugging down the, you know, sodas and eating McDonald's and they seem fine and they're not complaining about any, and then, and many of us are not in that category where we tend to just be more in tune with our body. We feel more things, we have symptoms and we have to kind of navigate that. So, um, If you want to come find us on Zesty underscore Ginger on Instagram, then that's a great place for support. Like Alex said, we have many, many podcasts on the four-phase cycle podcast to kind of walk you through this. And then if you're ready to actually dig in with us, we have kind of an intro program, which is the PMS Project. That's where we go through phase by phase by phase. And then we have a little bit more advanced Uh, three month program, healthy hormones group, where you can actually dig in with some lab work. So we test the hormones and neurotransmitters. But the key is to pick one thing you're going to do one to three things, one small change you're going to make. If you're listening, you're like, Oh, no, I'm not doing any of these things. Pick one thing. I'm going to buy a dry screen brush. I'm going to follow you on Instagram. Just pick one thing. I'm going to do one elixir. And then every week, you just, you're just you just following that upward spiral. You're just adding the next thing. And I think that's the best way to make the long-lasting change. Totally. I talk about that
1: a lot, that just one thing approach, just adding one thing at a time, and all of a sudden, they'll add up to this change in your life. And it's it's really funny. I went and I saw my my midwife about two months ago who also works as my kind of like my my OB and so I I just went to see her for my yearly appointment and the nurse is kind of doing my intake and she was like so how are your cycles and I was like they're good and she's like are they still irregular?" and I'm like no no they're actually they're actually totally regular like they every single month and she's like looking at my chart going wow what did you do differently and I'm like well nothing really different than the last time we talked and really all it's been for me and I know for a lot of a lot of the friends I've had that have done a lot of healing with their hormones um, and their health it's really just been one little step at a time and I think that you ladies do approach that um, do that approach so beautifully and promote that approach so beautifully so because I am a foodie at heart and I want to share food in a way that is joyful, I have three fun final questions. So you can answer it however, however you want to. Um, the first one is what is your favorite thing to cook for yourself or for your family?
0: Um, I love, um, I make some darn good chicken wings and um, potato wedges and um actually i learned from megan artichokes in the oven like just wrapped in foil and then baked for an hour in there and then you dip them in the primal kitchen chipotle mayo and it's amazing so So yeah that's fine
2: (laughs) And I'd say mine is uh, we really love fish tacos in our house. We used to live in San Diego, and you can get such amazing fish tacos. So we've made up our own, and they're in a collard green wrap. And it's also pretty simple because other than cooking the fish, the rest is just chopping. So salsa, cabbage, avocado, and in a wrap, and it's pretty awesome.
1: That sounds so good. I love fish tacos. (laughs) So number two is what is your favorite thing to order or have someone cook for you?
0: Ooh, um, I love when someone makes me a good steak, I'll be honest. That was mine.
1: (laughs) There is something about a really well-cooked steak. It is not easy to do, not well done, well-cooked steak. It's really not easy to do. So when somebody cooks that for you and it's really good, I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So true. So the last one is that we talk a lot about finding your beautiful balance, going beyond obsessing over food and these lifestyle things, but really just finding nourishment and pleasure in food and our life and nourishing ourselves in every area. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you?
0: Oh, man, this is a really good question. And I think it's a really important thing for all of us to answer. But for me, a beautiful balance means that I feel good. And so what I mean by that is that um, I used to strong arm myself into doing things. And I was really, really good at it. Like I'm really good at making myself, you know, up to having an eating disorder. Like I, if I say I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat, you know, and I, all this stuff. And I realized that that was uh, that was something that i picked up that worked for school and training and becoming a doctor that does not work for health because the whole forcing of anything is not I don't have the insight as a tiny human being to know the future enough to control everything about it, and for me to then feel like okay, I'm going to step back and relinquish this control and listen to that internal guidance and just say, my perfect balance is listening to myself consistently and my own inner parent gets to show up for myself like that where I say, I will show up for myself and listen to what I need every time. And, and doing that is really difficult because we're taught to listen to everyone else. But once I started listening and just saying, I don't need to know where I'm going all the way, but I need to know, you know the next step. And as long as I know the next step, I'm going to honor that then that has really changed my life because i no longer force myself to do things i'm actually like driven by what feels consistently good what feels joyful what feels content you know gives me contentment and all of that as opposed to a place of hate for myself which is where i was coming from previously so that's mine
2: Mine, I'd say, especially when it relates to bringing my children into it, is focusing on the experience over kind of the specific guidelines of what we do or do not do or we do eat or we don't eat. An example was I just came back on a road trip with my daughters yesterday and we spent the night in a fun hotel And we got in at 10, you know, almost 11 p.m. And my older daughter and I decided we were going to order room service and we were going to get whatever we wanted. So we had a big thing of chicken wings and French fries. And it was really, really exciting to her it was, you know, this, you know, she had never been in a hotel and ordered room service. I had her actually call herself. And I know that just a few years ago, I would have had a really hard time doing that without thinking about the nutritional value or of of what we were eating. And I just realized that without making a huge deal about eating something that we don't normally eat, it was just all about the experience, and we both enjoyed it, and we moved on, and there was no shame or guilt. We just kind of woke up and had a regular breakfast, but we got to have that time together.
1: Oh, what a beautiful approach to, to share with, with your kids, too. Oh, that's awesome. So you already shared your Instagram, um, and did you share your website? If you haven't shared your website, can you just share all, just one more time,
2: all of the places where our listeners can find you, can connect with you? Sure. So uh, Instagram is zesty underscore ginger, and then our website is zestyginger.com, and you can find the, you know, on Instagram, you can find all these links as well. We're kind of linked up to the podcast and the website and everything else. But those are the two places that we're most active and we do also have a, Facebook group. So Zesty Ginger on Facebook. And we have our podcast, which is the four phase cycle podcast, which you will be on soon. So
1: Mm -hmm. it's an excellent podcast, too. I think I I think I told you, ladies, that I like completely binged on season one once I listened to um, the Modern Mamas podcast with with you ladies on it. And I was like, I love learning about hormones and cycle syncing. So I listened to a lot of episodes that weekend. and My husband was really sick of me talking about hormones. (laughs) Um, and I think we also we're gonna have a code for my listeners on your new PMS project, right? So we'll we'll put that link and um, the code in the description box, um, and that just looks like an incredible program. I know I have a lot of personal friends who could really really benefit from that. So so we'll uh, we'll link to that as well. So thank you both, Alex and Megan, for for being on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. Thanks for having us, Kristen. Thank you. Wow, you guys, I hope you found that as informative as I did, even though I have already, um, you know, learned about cycle syncing and I've been practicing some form of cycle syncing for the past few years, and, and even though I have already learned a little bit more about what Megan and Alex do and what they recommend. I was still blown away by how much I learned during this episode, and I really hope that it empowers you to um, really tune in to your female hormones a little bit more and your cycle and that you learned a little bit more about yourself and that maybe you can take some of the simple tools that Megan and Alex gave you and honor your body a little bit more in that way as a woman. I think our bodies are so incredibly fascinating how much they change throughout the month and I think there is so much that we can learn about ourselves and um, through cycle syncing and I love that their approach is so balanced and the things they recommend are simple, and easy to implement, and that they have some awesome programs to move you forward if you are feeling stuck in the areas of PMS or hormone balance. So I hope you found this beneficial. I hope you'll go ahead and, you know, follow them on social media and um, check in with any of the stuff that they have if you find that helpful for you. All right, friends, thank you so much once again for tuning in to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris, or on my website, HealthymamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction. To live like the Super Mama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.